Hello and welcome to the Football Ramble. Don't we all just love VAR? It's Monday the 2nd of November. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Diamond Dallas Donaldson. I'm glad you know your name, Luke, because uh, you're not mm. Anchorman. You didn't read what's in the doc, which says I'm Jim Campbell. I know. Yeah. The detention of detail is absolutely abysmal. <laughs> oh, I'm man. a bit rich from your performance I'm on not... Friday. <laughs> well, we've got to come on to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, are I've we... got no room to, to talk. No. Are we all ready mm. for lockdown 2.0? We have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I've think... got a house and it's... that's that's the best thing we can have. And crucially, it's not presented to the public like that, is it? No. Are we all ready for it? <laughs> yeah, all ready for this. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, Down two. put your token in that box if you are. <laughs> your token in that box if you're not. And we'll see what comes out of it. It's very much you're doing it. Yeah, you ain't got a choice. You say you've, no. got, you've got a new house as well, Pete. I've yeah. got enjoy. access to a new house, yes. So with I, garden. I, with gu- well, yeah, but do you really want to be in, in outside in a garden? In, with this weather I'm going to make sure I'm outside <laughs> I'm going to do whatever it takes to have a bit of time outside Jules you came in and you were so down about this whole situation I'm and my really heart goes annoyed. out to you that you're, that you're having to go through uh, this because you've been busy you you work pretty much every hour that God sends and now now you're forced into well do you know what in a, in a way the, the positive thing about working a lot is that I am actually one of the lucky people that still gets to leave the house to go mm. to work because there are going to be so many people who will literally be locked down mm. so I think a lot of us are fortunate that we can still leave the house to go to work but it's just depressing isn't it especially when your birthday's next week oh, you had, oh, and geez. I've not really Get done presents in <laughs> big four hours as well big four hours as well piss off um, <laughs> no do you know what I, I, I haven't really done a lot in the last few months and uh, I finally thought you know what? I'm actually going to make some plans I'm yeah. going to do something for my birthday You're oh, a not anymore oh, Look, not anymore Last lockdown, you did not have a dog. Now you've got a dog. I do. Exactly. That's one of the bonuses. Mm, So happy days. Yeah. And football is going to continue. It ain't going to pass elite level, which looking at a lot of the Premier League performances (laughs) over the weekend, I'm not sure any of them should be allowed to play. (laughs) Well, they saw that announcement. Some players were looking over their shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't sure, were they? Uh, Well, there is going to be something for you lot to have a listen to during this lockdown. Uh, The book club is back. There's a brand new episode available now on Football Ramble Presents. Kate Mason sat down with Matt Piper, the former Leicester and Sunderland winger who had to retire at 24 after a series of horrible injuries. And um, it's a fascinating story so please do listen his book that he wrote in collaboration with 442's Joe Bruin talks about the highs of scoring at Filbert Street for his hometown club and the crushing lows that followed his retirement it's a fascinating and at times heartbreaking story as well which Kate tells brilliantly alongside Matt and Joe and they're both so open and honest so please do give it a listen it's the book club it's out now you can search for it by searching Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app Yes, indeed. Now, a few people would have, uh, a few eagle-eared listeners. Is eagle ears or eagle eyes? Wolf ears? Don't know. Eagle-eared. Keen-eared. Ears of a snake. Bat ears. (laughs) Bat ears, that'll do. Ears of a snake. I'm I'm glossing over that. You've rescued that with bat ears. (laughs) Notice there was perhaps, maybe, Mm. a a slight error on Luke's game on Friday. So what I did... Luke's game. Well, as as the responsible um, conduit for Luke's game... The 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 creator. Well, 
Right. Uh, I've I've been asked to read a statement mm. right. uh, which goes as follows. Uh, on Friday 30th of October, an error of process was reported to the official Luke's Game investigations team. It alleged that Andy Brassel was awarded the point for naming Bolton Wanderers as a club that Dietmar Hamann played for. And after further scrutiny, it was found that Dietmar Hamann did not in fact play a game for oh. Bolton Wanderers, although he did sign a pre-contract agreement oh, that's right, yes. in June of 2006 before immediately signing for Manchester City. Do you as- have to have dirtied your boots in Luke's Game? Are you Yes. Right. As a result, and after a full and exhaustive process, the Luke's Game arbitration panel has announced that the fixture of Friday 30th of October is null and void. No. Mm. The win awarded to Andy Brassel has been rescinded and the record will show no official winner. Procedures and processes have been tightened up following the error, although the inquiry found there was no cause for a full investigation. The Luke's Game Association, or LGA, would like to extend an apology to Marcus Speller and his team of support staff for any inconvenience caused and reassure him that he will not lose any ranking points as a result of the oversight. I'm, not, be a nightmare I'm not happy with that. I'm <laughs> not happy with that. The, I sta- think... the statement just ends by saying, tune in uh, this Friday for another edition of Luke's Game and the uh, LGA will be making no further comment at this time. Mm. Well, I'd like to comment on this. Mm. Sure, go I ahead. I think Marcus should have been awarded the win because yeah. of this atrocious error. Yeah. Marcus delivered one of the finest moments in Luke's Game history on Friday. And if you've not heard it, go back and listen, where he was he was given an Alan Boxit-shaped curveball and he absolutely smashed it out of the park. I, I, I was, I was like thinking he's not going to be able to name one team. And he did about seven. It was amazing. Probably not seven, but it was great. Um, he took it very well as well in the WhatsApp group, didn't he, when this was announced? I think he took it quite well. But privately, he's fuming. Yeah. He's absolutely oh, he would be, he would be livid, it. The things he will have said to God at the dead Sunday. <laughs> the chance to beat Andy Brassel. Pete's actually intimidated, even after all these years, by Marcus's competitiveness. Uh, it's, it's, it's astonishing. It, it, really it, could, far, it could probably fuel all a country. Oh, it, if, if you could say, some kind of gonna... turbine that you could attach to his competitiveness. <laughs> you, you, we wouldn't need any kind of fossil fuel. Is it renewable? It's, I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah. yes, it is, yeah. 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 I thought you were going to say it could fart a country, though. <laughs> could do. Probably could as well. Yeah. Probably could. Should we get to this weekend's elite football then, mm, Pete? Because yes, there was um, an elite performance <laughs> from the referee at the Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> Stadium. What on earth happened in this game? Spurs beat Brighton 2 1, but there was all sorts of strange decisions and, mm. and, and things that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> this is wild. So but my, my takeaway was, oh, so that's why referees don't look at the monitor themselves because <laughs> they don't know what they're fucking looking at. <laughs> like, seriously, what, honestly, from, okay, let's talk about the first penalty, the right. Harry Kane one, mm-hmm. to start with. We'll go chronologically with this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was it in the box? Well, in, in many ways, it doesn't really matter because it's a mm. foul on Lalana. Yeah. So, so it's actually entirely irrelevant where where the Brighton team should have been taking the free kick from, whether it be just one side of the line or the other, because that was a foul on Adam Lallana by Harry Kane, and there are laws in other sports that acknowledge how dangerous that kind of play is. For some reason, though, Harry Kane won a penalty for doing it, and he does it an awful lot. And no one in the officiating world appears to have cottoned on that that's so- dangerous yeah, player. At some point, someone's going to break their neck, mm. and and so oh, was like it Helen in the area? It's like mankind coming off the top of hell in their cell of the cage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you agree? Do you agree that it's kind of dangerous play by? Kane? No, I think it's massively, and, and, and Kane obviously does that quite a lot. I, I do think that the way that refereeing is kind of officiated is that um, it is very reactionary. And he won't be doing it again, or he won't be getting any decisions out of it again. I think it's fair to say because his card is marked. His card's marked. I People know he does so. it. So it's like it's like the whole self, the, the old theory about the self writing of diving that we've talked about on the show before, where you say <laughs> yeah. if you dive and dive and dive, that's you'll good get a for reputation, a bit, and then, but then you'll yeah, get a reputation, yeah. and then you just won't get any other penalties. But that doesn't ever stand up because then you look at Salah's situation with with the penalty for Liverpool. 
that's not a penalty. But when you talk about reputations, I don't believe that is the case. I think maybe for a period of time, but how, like you've said already, Pete, Carrie Kane's been it's, doing this sort of thing for ages it, now. It, it looks right. It is it is very, very dangerous player and someone is going to get hurt and I'm not one for hyperbole, but he should be castrated and never allowed <laughs> his per- perfidious seed to, <laughs> to, to recreate, procreate. Is, is, and, and if you look at, say, rugby, you can't touch a player when they're in the air catching the ball. You look at NFL, you can't touch a kicker because when he when he's kicking through, they kick it with such velocity they're actually off the ground. You can't touch them. Mm. They're all well protected. There are laws in, in... I mean, it's a slightly different... It's probably a bit of a fool's errand comparing sports too much. But it's. I think it's a, it's a decent example in this case. If someone's jumping up high and you back into them when they're at the peak of their jump, they're going to hurt themselves sooner or later. Mm. So the very idea that he's not being punished for this, um, and not only that, he's actually being rewarded for it, it's, it's, it's just baffling. And, and sometimes I think to myself, if you're new to this sport, and I, probably this is because I, I, I spent some time in the US and some of my family in the US don't know anything about Premier League, so you have to introduce them to it for the first time. And you think, how can you justify that to a new viewer of, of the game? Like, what, in what how capacity? Do you explain it? Yeah, yeah, in what capacity is that a foul on Harry Kane? It doesn't make any sense. It's quite exciting, though, isn't it? The, the, like when you see it, you sort of go, "Wee!" Look at him go. It's exciting seeing people go high up in the air. Yeah, it isn't is. It? Yeah, Whee! Generally speaking, yeah. not when that player's Lalana and they're literally <laughs> like a, they need to be wrapped in cotton. Yeah, he's, he's made of wafers anyway. Yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a miracle that he actually got up. So look, I, I thought it was a terror. It wasn't the final, the worst. Of, well, the last bad decision in that game. Um, and, and I do understand that it's difficult to referee at the top level, that it's fast-paced. And, you know, when we wrote the Ramble book, I tried to do the referee's fitness test. You, no one listening will be surprised that I wouldn't better do it. I wasn't able to do it. It's hard. But to get decisions that wrong, it's just not right. It's, 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 it's got to be stopped. And that, that foul on Hoiberg and the build-up to Brighton's mm. goal, I mean, even you... Jules, who are you know the most one-eyed Brighton fan I've ever met. Not, I've got two eyeballs <laughs> right now. Look, look at them. They're staring at you. But what did you think about that? You, no, you yeah, oh, it. it's a hundred percent a foul. It's actually laughable that that's yeah. not given as a foul on Hoiberg and that Spurs didn't have a free kick. I mean, I'm I'm obviously pleased because I, I wanted obviously Brighton to win the game or get something out of it and and to get that equaliser at the time. It looked as though. Brighton could have got something out of the game and, mm. and we're getting back into it. Um, and I love Tarek Lamptey. Everyone knows how much I love him and his adorable little face. He looks I... like he's used the Snapchat filter too much. <laughs> let him turn into a baby. Like, well, he's... he's like when your mum used to say, don't look at the telly too oh, much because yeah. your eyes will go square. He's been using the baby's Snapchat filter too much. So my mum used face to say, has gone, baby. if I made a horrible face or whatever... I'd sometimes just say that, Mum. That's just my that's face. Just face. <laughs> uh, my mum was saying the, the wind will change. If the wind yeah, changes, yeah, it stays. So like you reckon that, that Tarek Lamptey's wind changed when he was <laughs> On being cute? Oh, baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually do genuinely reckon the referee looked at his face and thought, "Oh, no. can't take that goal." It was away a nice finish. It was, it was a good goal, face. but Spurs looked a bit shell shocked. <laughs> I couldn't tell whether that was just a reaction to the the, the foul or just indicative of a Spurs team would just switch off at really important times and at a time where the Premier League is up for grabs. I would say. Uh, there are people, pe- people aren't putting in performances, and, and 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 this season is the season for 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 the uh, the chasing pack to take a crack at the title. For yeah, us. teams need to step up because if mm. Southampton get anywhere near that fucking title, I'll be, I'm, I'm retiring. <laughs> hey. I'm fu- I'll be fuming. It's but, but you're right, Pete. In that case, it looked to me a bit like Spurs. In that, I mean, I don't. They, they end up winning the game, and, and Gareth Bale scores the winner, which is a big moment for lots of different reasons. But you're right, Pete. I think when the players saw the foul, they thought, well, it's obviously a foul. Yeah. And I wondered whether they thought, well, that's just going to be disallowed in a bit, at mm-hmm. some point. And they just oh, they VAR, weren't quite right. intense, yeah, yeah. intense enough. But one thing we should say, though, is that this isn't a VAR problem. 
because a VAR in this case just gives you the opportunity to um, to review something. If you are a referee that's so bad, mm. or a VAR official that's so bad, whatever it may be, that you don't know what you're looking at, yeah. then there's no technology in the world that can help you. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you are, if you are at the top level of the game and you look at that um, challenge on Hoiberg and you don't see a foul upon second, third, fourth viewing, no one can help you. No, and I think the thing is as well is it shouldn't even have to go to VAR. When you look at the referee, he has literally stood right there. Yeah. <laughs> he has stood almost next to where the foul actually happens. Mm. He's stood next to Hoiberg at the time. It's just, it amazes me that that, that isn't given as a foul. Then on top of that, the whole purpose of VAR is that if something like this happens in the build-up to a goal, it can be chalked off and it yeah. can be, you know, looked at. Did, did he sort of over? Baffling. Did he overcomplicate things? The referee looking at it and, and seeing that the ball was touched by the defending player to a certain extent is that kind of? Yeah, I'm sure that that was probably the reason why it was it, mm. that they thought, oh, you know what, maybe he's got the ball, blah blah blah. And history but... will judge me because you know people will overanalyze this this piece of footage that I've just had to overanalyze. The referees are used to that anyway, though, right? Mm. Yeah. They're used yeah. to they're used yeah. to getting the scrutiny. I, I just don't see how it isn't a foul. And, and look, you can say we can say it as many times as we want, but it is what it is. Um, um, Can we get a bit of love for Joel Veltman's um, whack at the keeper? <laughs> yeah. It was a lovely bit of whack. Off the bus and he just absolutely lamps at his old keeper top, yeah. top ends. Yeah. Like, wow, what yeah. a save. And Kane missed a really easy one as well. <laughs> yeah. didn't he? he hit the post from a yard out, chance to go 150 <laughs> Premier League goals. Um, amazing what he's been able to do. It mm. is incredible, yeah. yeah. And, and also, as, as I mentioned a second ago, Gareth Bale coming on and scoring a goal. Really shouting uh, vamos. Did he shout? Did he? Old habits. Old habits. I didn't see that. that. That's brilliant. (laughs) Great stuff. We were waiting for him to do the Ronaldo celebration, weren't we? Didn't quite get that. Didn't go that far. Did he do with the Ronaldo in the post match? Because you're obsessed with how robotic and weird Ronaldo. He has returned after his COVID spell out, Mm. literally like a villain from a film. (laughs) His post match, if you haven't seen it, he goes, Cristiano is back. And like gives this really awkward, like off, like sideways look to the side and then back to camera. Like he doesn't know who he is or where he is. Yeah. Yeah. Like an actual robot. And he also 100% feels like the deeper his voice, the more manly he sounds. So he puts it on <laughs> like a wrestler, like Macho Man yeah, Randy yeah, Savage yeah. kind of Definitely. thing. Yeah. But but on the um, Bale's beef isn't with Cristiano though. Bale's no, beef is with the whole club Set at Real up, yeah. Madrid mm. and um, just I, Spain in general yeah I enjoyed the, mm. I enjoyed what Mourinho said after the game I mean Mourinho has gone <laughs> I mean, Mourinho, the, the thing about Mourinho is he has just recently discovered Instagram as we mentioned last week right. and, he, and he's attacked it with the you know with the with the intensity of the convert mm. it's like a born again Christian right? it's my favourite thing they get massively the into it I love and it he, and he he is just Mad for it, absolutely mad for it. It's like he can't wait to get his Instagram post up as soon as the game's finished. His little video at the end, and and I love the fact he went. I'd also like to say congratulations to my colleague Potter. <laughs> Potter, colleague? Potter, colleague, a colleague as well. Yeah. Colleague, I mean, it's technically do you take that as disres- would, would Graham take that disrespectfully? Do you think? Nah, I think Graham wouldn't mind. He's too mild mannered. Gra- Graham won't be on Instagram anyway. He won't have seen it. No. Um, but I, I did notice that Potter was trending after the game, and I I did not pay fourteen ninety five to watch it. So I was thinking, oh God, what's he done now? It pro- I was thinking, oh, it's probably the team news because I think that shocked everyone seeing Matt Ryan benched, mm. no Neil Moore playing, no Aaron Curran. I honestly, I still don't understand it. I'm still confused now. What were the reasons given? Uh, Graham Potter just said tactical reasons for um, leaving more payout. They tactically right. pissed me off. The I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. that, that, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, um, and Robert Sanchez, the goalkeeper, I genuinely 
don't know anything about him. Yeah, I like and and I'm a Brighton fan. I think mm. I think he played against Portsmouth on loan last season, but I didn't click it was the same guy. No, I mean like literally, I was like, who is this? <laughs> he was on loan somewhere else, wasn't he? Um, but anyway, so yeah, so uh, he says it's tactical reasons. Um, who knows? I'm I'm sure we'll eventually find out whether that's the case or not. But before, before we move on uh, to baffling. another game, Pete, can I just get your take very quickly on the fact that Mourinho's announced himself as a Safari browser man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having an iPhone and, and inhabiting the iOS universe, you're kind of forced into, cajoled into using uh, Safari. Um, I've not replaced my Safari browser with Chrome on my mobile daily driver. But, uh, but the first I thing should... I do is I go in and say default browser Chrome. Yeah, what on on your phone? Yeah, it's like, right, okay. it's like uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm Safari. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm. I thought you'd be some kind of like new bespoke browser. What you think? I'd have side loaded a, a third is, party George, uh, opera browser. If I do anything on the computer, mm. right? Pete sees it. He kind so of weak. he kind of calls me like a basic calls like a basic yeah. bitch. Yeah, but right, Mourinho does it, and all of a sudden it's fine. And on some Android browsers on uh, Android phones, you scroll down, you swipe down um, on the on your screen. What do you get? A Bing search box. Oh no! Oh. oh, that actually makes me feel a bit. Yeah. Do you reckon Mourinho gets given a, f- a free iPhone because they're desperate for him to be seen with an iPhone? Well, I don't know. I I, I noticed he had some very nice headphones uh, when he was um, chomping his, well, sort of biting his way into that packet of popcorn <laughs> yeah. on, on the on the flight. Um, I very much enjoyed the. Um, I'm sad because we got beaten by Royal Antwerp bus picture. <laughs> yeah. Just sat alone. Go, dig, yeah. dig this picture. Dig, dig. I know, that's yeah. the thing is he's had to say to someone, yeah. "Can you take this picture of me? I'm <laughs> going to sit here. I'm going to look really miserable." Well, like, like I said on Friday. He had the briefcase with JM on it yeah. and his glasses around his neck. <laughs> and he did look like he was about to defend himself in court. Basically. <laughs> it was a weird thing. I love the specifics, though, of saying, <laughs> I am... I'm going to log on to Safari. Safari like, yes. why doesn't you say I'm going to go onto the internet? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's what he <laughs> yeah. calls. He's just a brand man. Because when I first when I first heard it, I thought he meant go I'm on off Safari. on holiday. Yeah, yeah, I'm off on holiday to see to see a, some big the big five in the wild. Oh. And I don't mean Cristiano Ronaldo. What's the big five? Elephant, rhino, yeah, giraffe, giraffe lion, 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 and um, what's the what's sneaking in? Dog. Oh, the isn't it dog? dog. <laughs> The fifth one, isn't uh, it? Pablo, the French bulldog. No, yeah. it's not Pablo. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know what the five are. Just isn't people it, talk about uh, it. Hippopotamus. Yeah, probably. Oh, do you reckon? Yeah. Nice. I reckon Lovely. hippo. Yeah. Hippo, yeah. rhino, elephant, giraffe, lion. That would be what I'd go, go oh. for. If I was on a quiz show. The Fab Five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I've made love to them all. Uh, <laughs> not currently in the Fab Five in the Premier League are Manchester United. Uh, another loss at Old Trafford. Mm. They haven't won at home yet in the Premier League this season. I mean, this game was billed as like the kind of headline of the weekend in the mm. Premier League. Manchester United against Arsenal. Think of it in the history books. And I how like you doing an impression of the voiceover <laughs> person. <laughs> how many amazing matches we've seen before between these two. Well, look, it's not the same anymore. They're no mm. longer battling for a title. But Arsenal did um, manage to get the win from the penalty spot. What did you make of the game? Was it meh? Um, I meh. thought I thought the game it was. was a bit meh. Um, it was a great win for Arsenal because obviously you want to go to Old Trafford and win, particularly with the history of this fixture. But um, I thought it was a dull, depressing facsimile of some of the fixtures between these two teams we've known and loved over the years, mm. and it kind of makes it worse when Sky put. Roy Keane in the studio oh. and he says the same thing he says every week at Man United play or oh, these players are going to get the league sacked oh, he might as well just be saying he might as well just say to every question I am friends with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer <laughs> um, but it, it makes it worse because it reminds you what, what, what Sky will do is they'll get Keane in 
and they'll say, this is, the, you know, this is an iconic fixture. They'll play all the montage, and then you get served up that load of old shit. <laughs> and it's like, well, this is making it worse. Well, you can't... The, the thing that gets me is, you, I think, defending Ole Gunnar Solskjaer on, on, on days like that, where just they look so ponderous. Arsenal, with a much better side, they, 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 but they need to create uh, better quality chances. They, they were half chances at best most of the time. I think Lacazette obviously worked very hard, but he just doesn't look like the, a, a player who's going who's gonna to hit the target at any point. But, you know, play... Arsenal had a game plan and, and, and Manchester United just turned up and just expected the, the personalities to see them through. Yeah. Party marked Pogba out with the game. He was great. He was great. Pogba couldn't get any rhythm. He was just overcomplicating stuff, taking that extra touch where, where one would have done and Fernandez, Fernandez was, was uh, anonymous because they just couldn't get the ball to him and it was just a really turgid performance from Manchester United and, and they should have probably been beaten by more. Yeah, where where yeah. are United? I'm so confused about them because when you watch them in the week in the Champions League, I know this is something that people have been saying now for the last couple of weeks, they look like a completely different team. Mm. I think the Leipzig result was flattering. Yeah. I think that, that 5-0 was flattering to United um, because by that point in the game, I think you know Leipzig just wanted to try and get something out of it. So they were going so far forward, they left themselves really open at the back and, and allowed Manchester United to go and score all those goals. But still, it's a 5-0 victory over a very good side. The same with PSG, beating them in the Champions League. And then you look at the performances in the league and they look like a completely different team. Mm. I'm just so confused about who they are, what they are, where they are, who, what the best team is. Well, my, my theory on and you see this happening a lot in, in creative industries and sporting uh, contexts as well. My theory is that, you know, there's no intensity in the environment at Manchester United. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is probably a really good bloke. He 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 knows what he knows and he's got a history at the club and people probably respect him at a pretty basic level because of what what he's done and, and his, his time as a player, etc. You call him a basic bitch? <laughs> I'm not allowed to. Pete's anyone. Pete he's calls me a that. User. It takes one to know one. <laughs> but, but there's no intensity. So what that means is that they don't want to be brilliant all the time. They, 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 I think it's an absolute hallmark. I'm not just talking about Man United. Generally speaking, hallmark of a team of no intensity is they'll follow up a big win with that kind of performance mm. because there's no, there's no right fight to get back in the train the next day right what's next kind of thing they think well we've ticked that box now and we can and we can push on I, I just don't think they've got any intensity at all and Arsenal were in control of that game I agree with Pete I thought Thomas Partey was absolutely outstanding um, I thought May United they had no real standout um, no real standout kind of performers nothing really to speak of um, I thought um, you know Maguire was all right. I thought he did okay. Pretty commanding, I suppose, for for him. But I thought Party was man of the match. I thought El Nenny played really well, which is you know a surprise. I didn't think I'd be saying that sort of three months ago or whatever it was. Um, one thing I would say about Arsenal though is that they need to work out how to because clearly they've got a system of play. Then Arteta needs to be applauded for being starting to impose a system and a style and, a, and an outlook on this team, which haven't had one for so long. And it's a difficult job which he's had, that he's had to do there. But I think the next phase for them is to start to turn that, you know, those periods of dominance into like clear cut chances. They don't really have, yeah. they, they don't really seem to have any, I mean, it's, it's ironic because Ozil was sat at home. That, 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 if, you, if you could find a way to drafting Urzu into that team and being that really creative, unpick the lock type player, which I know they probably won't. I know that ship has sailed for him and for them now. But if they could find someone who could just be a little bit more creative, a little bit more tricky, I think they'd be a lot better off. But overall, I thought they were worth the win. Mm. I think that the, the frustrating thing when you're watching Arsenal at the moment is, as you say, you feel like you can see this identity that Arteta has sort of stamped on the team and, and they're playing some really good football. But 
in and around the box, it's, it's where it gets a little bit more frustrating for them. With Aubameyang playing out on the left, you sort of, I was watching him quite a lot yesterday because I was thinking, right, there must be a reason why Arteta like is insistent on him playing out on the left. There yeah. must be a reason for it. But every time I was watching him, he just looks like he's desperate to get into the box but he almost feels like he has to hold that position out on the left and therefore he's not getting into good enough spaces in order to score goals. And mm. that's probably why he's not really been scoring lately, apart from obviously from the penalty spot yesterday. But in terms of open play goals, he hasn't scored since the, the first day of the season, I don't think. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just a bit, it's frustrating, I think. And I, I can imagine that for Arsenal fans watching, Lacazette, for all the talent he has, isn't Aubameyang. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Is it is it fair to say that they are trying to get their system right before they can actually start to express I themselves? So. I think so. I give think them a, right. give them a foundation to kind of kind of build upon. I'm just have you got Abby Young been. in your um, team? No, I no, don't. you haven't have you? Oh, okay, no, right. I just wonder why we're focusing. No, <laughs> I'm, Jules, I'll tell you what. I'm really interested in 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 why he's he's on the left and because mm. yeah, I just feel like he's much better down the middle. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that any any kind of chat from Jules about a fancy team at this point is brave. <laughs> <laughs> I've got lack of that. Pepe. I have had <laughs> an absolute but, but shocker. One, one thing I should say though is that I, I, you know, we can analyse the game when we like, and we can talk about. You know, I think people are <clears throat> probably getting a little bit tired of waiting for Pogba to just really kick into gear and 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 fire and be consistent and all that other stuff. Um, people are probably getting fed up of that, but I just really want to stress the quality of that game. It's just so poor. Mm. The, the, the tempo is so... And, and and you wonder how much you can properly assess and critique the way that teams are playing at the moment because of the strange world we're living in. I mean, we came in to, to work this morning and it's difficult to raise yourself and get that energy and really kind of make a, a really entertaining show because it's, you know, we're living in uncertain times and people feel bummed out, as you've mentioned, about lockdown and all the rest of it. And footballers are human beings as well. We need to get that absolutely right. So it's, I wonder how um, how fair it is to assess these performances. Mm. But the intensity and the tempo is just so poor. And, and that's the show the football. <laughs> Are we in a level podcast? In many ways, this is a tribute to that game. It's, it feels to me at the moment what we're seeing in the Premier League is either a mad goal fest yeah. where teams no are just taking loads of chances and no one can defend, or this. Mm. And there's nothing in between. Are you yeah. Troy Deeney or are you Neil Custis? They were having a bit of a ding dong. Oh, I <laughs> loved that. That was good, wasn't it? Well, if, if I'm picking about, if I'm, if I'm choosing a fight, I'm back Troy. I met Deeney in the flesh and he is gigantic. Oh, magnificent. And so is Neil went a different way. <laughs> um, can't wait for this. We're going to hear Luke's thoughts on Southampton winning oh. yet again. Uh, and Pete's thoughts on Newcastle winning after the break. Hi, I'm Dion Dublin. And when I'm not banging my dube, I'm listening to the football ramble. Big D. Um, do you know Dion? Love him. Nice guy. The, like one of the best. Have you seen that compilation people someone's done on YouTube? Yeah. Of up the Dion, up the stairs, stairs, up to the bedroom. bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> the the stairs, they lead to the bedroom. But it's a bit unfair on Dion because the, the, the bedroom does tend do. to be upstairs. Yeah, yeah but yeah. also it's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but it must be quite uh, when they do when they do that filming for Homes Under the Hammer, they film quite a few all at the same time. Yeah, mm. um, and and he, you must have to just repeat yourself constantly yeah. because a house is just a house. I, I want, uh, here's a bedroom. My, here's my another room. My partner watches a lot yeah. of uh, this show where there's these two brothers and they come into a house and they do up your previous house 
uh, trying to make it more expensive uh, and they look for a new house. One brother is the um, kind of builder right. who, who smashes up the kitchen and, and replaces it with these obsessed with the islands and one thing, splashbacks. Yeah. Always have a splashback. That seems to be very important in American houses. That's the thing that's going to get it sold uh, and <laughs> they move into a new house. There's a splashback shop in West Norwood where I live. Is it, just it, splashbacks. Is it, is it a splashback just like, it's just like a set of... Um, I don't like a splashback. So they, they, <laughs> go, on, they go on the... Um, on Behind the, um, the sink. Well, yeah, the sink or the oven. oven yeah. Right. So that when things splash, yeah. it, you can clearly Clean it. quite quickly Doesn't wipe it. does every kitchen have that basin? No, no mine, hasn't, mine hasn't got that. I've, oh, got, I've, got, I've got just tiling Stains, with so the dark grouting. Right, but okay. tiling is effectively a splashback. Yeah, yeah. 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 Except if it goes in the grout. No, but that's top tip. You get a dark black grout and so it doesn't show up. But also the splashback shop in West Norwood does a shower does shower ones as well. Oh, shower it's like a splashback. So, oh, so, so, so the glass. So you, what would you call it? Like a screen? Oh, screen. Yeah. Shower screens. They double up, mm. yeah, and do those as well. As well as splashbacks. Clear yeah. glass. Should we did a bit way up, though. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's move on. Uh, <laughs> yes, before we get to your emails, let's see how we got on in Betway's Forte Score this weekend. Remember, entry to Betway's Forte Score is completely free. Each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly 50 grand jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first match. Further terms and conditions apply. So, this week, game one was Aston Villa versus Southampton. Um, and Marx's pick was. Danny Ings, it was a good shout. He scored a beauty, but he not did the first score a beauty, mm. but it wasn't yeah. the first goal. Uh, the scorer was the tower that is Yannick Vestergaard, who's had a brilliant start to this season. Uh, game two, Newcastle, Everton. Luke, you picked Callum Wilson. You got it correct again. That's the, I think that's You're three and four. It. Unbelievable. You, are yeah, you can do all the picks one week. Yeah. Everyone else is letting you down, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, game three, United, Arsenal. Um, Vish picked Bruno Fernandes. Uh, the result was, of course, Aubameyang from the penalty spot. Um, and then the final game, Spurs versus Brighton. Andy picked Heung-Min's son. The result was Harry Kane, also from the penalty spot. So just the one right out of the four. We'll be back with another round of Betway's Four to score on the preview show this Friday. Right now, it's time for this. Just even a show and football ramble.com Right now, so From Dan Bright comes a dispatch dear Ramble team on Friday. Andy said that Gareth Bale looked like a player who needed eight games in a row but wasn't going to get it. This got me thinking, what Bale could really do with is a loan within a loan. (laughs) (laughs) Just a short loan to another Premier League club who will give him the eight consecutive games he needs. I'm sure there are plenty of clubs who will happily take Bale on the cheap for a few weeks, believing that a half-fit Bale is better than what they have on the wings at present. A bit of a loan inception could go a long way this season. I'd go for a loan to Ducan. Yeah, so, Duncan, yeah. so you put Gareth Bale inside a Cristiano Ronaldo yes. and they both com- collapse themselves into a uh, Messi. I think that could probably ruin a few clubs financially. Yeah, what do you <laughs> yeah exactly. I bet, I bet um, Juventus are probably really pleased that uh, Ronaldo's not been able to pay for the past couple of weeks because he doesn't get his bonuses. No, that's true. He's so skinned. <laughs> uh, are there any other players on loan who could do with another loan move to make their current loan move work? Love the ramble, keep the good one. <laughs> That's far too much of a, a kind of meta question, I think. It is, yeah. But when, if you've got when, any ideas, let us know. When Cristiano, do you, do you, Cristiano, before he came back from his COVID um, absence, 
He was like properly annoyed that he kept testing positive, wasn't he? Did you oh, see? Yeah. He, kept, yeah. he kept like piping up. Like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like, well, you're having the test and you're getting tested positive. The, yeah. rules, the rules do apply to you, <laughs> despite some of your previous behaviour. You know? It must be so weird, though, if you're asymptomatic. Like, if you haven't got any symptoms and you keep testing, mm. you must be thinking like... Seriously, what is going on here? Particularly if you're, you're used to being at the top of your game athletically and yeah. being peak health and stuff. Yeah, it'd be difficult. Um, right, let's get to the next email. This is from Jay Farley, who says, Hello, Ramblers. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. Do do that Aww. again, Jay. I'll start with a massive thanks for the range of accents and entertainment from my homeland. I'm a Midlands man living in Melbourne, Australia. My first point of call is to stick up for the mighty fillet of Vish on his Aussie accent, whilst Brassel seems to think it wasn't great i will wholeheartedly throw my support behind vish very nice yeah. although not perfect vish's attempt was extremely good compared to many yeah brussels brussels said it was sounding more like a new zealand accent which it didn't at all <laughs> i thought that was a really poor shout from brussels <laughs> i'm terrible at accents so i'll, I'll just say yeah. it was great vish well done uh, completely unrelated to anything recently brought up on the ramble jay continues by saying i was working about six years ago in a cafe in brighton oh my homeland uh, he says a customer in a cast on his left leg had been chatting to me for about 25 minutes in an Irish accent before I realised it was actually Damien Duff. Uh, I tried In an Irish accent? Well, he's Irish. (laughs) (laughs) As he would call it, my My voice. voice. Uh, I tried not to let my realisation show as I continued our chat. He was at the time playing for Melbourne City. As an avid collector of power pods back in the day, having the man in both his Fulham and Chelsea kits, I could not believe how long it took me to actually realise who he was. Regardless, it seemed my off hand chat put him at ease and we talked for a long time and he also tipped well i wonder if any other listeners or you guys had encountered other players so far from home um, you do realize he means brighton in australia not brighton oh yeah, yeah. i think it's oh, near melbourne yeah that's a um, shame. i once saw pat nevin at a music festival oh right yeah yeah he okay. was um knocking what about music festival it was all tomorrow's parties he was doing a DJ set. He was DJ. Yeah, yeah. I, I interviewed him at um, what's that um, very middle class festival? Um, v Festival. No, that's not no. middle class. Um, um, oh, was it the one oh, that all the celebs go to? Y- yeah, I guess so. Of course it is. It's Donaldson, isn't it? <laughs> Mumford and Sons always headline. <laughs> Who? Mumford and Sons. Who did you see? Just Latitude. Who you saw? Latitude, I saw Pat Nevin. I interviewed. I interviewed Pat Nevin at Latitude when he was DJing, and yeah. we didn't talk a lick about football. Do you know, Jules, that Pat Nevin claims that when he was playing, he used to angle to be subbed off at before full time so we could go and watch a gig or something <laughs> seriously I love Pat Nevin he he's a national oh player. he's so lovely yeah, he, and, I spent and a lot of time with him at the Women's World Cup he's got a brilliant um, way on the radio of criticising players <laughs> yes uh, to their faces <laughs> yeah Without them realising they're being criticised because <laughs> he's got such a nice manner. Yeah, and what he'll do is he'll in his nice Scottish brogue as he'll say to a player on the radio. See, I think you know you could have done better at the start of this season. <laughs> and and the player will just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't, they won't even, it's, like, it's like he's got them on such safe ground, they won't even know he's criticising them. So he's got a great manner about him. I like Pat. Yeah, mm. I um, once saw Leon Best in Jamaica at the breakfast buffet in the hotel my oh, dad nice. used to work at. I wouldn't even recognise him. Yeah. I would. There was a competition on NUFC.com uh, where you could win a snood. A Newcastle United uh, branded <laughs> snood, and uh, which obviously presumably would double up as a decent uh, COVID mask, mask right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they just put a picture of uh, Leon Best. I was like, that's Leon Best. Yeah. I could have won a, won a snood, but I didn't get involved. Was it during that period of time where he scored like 10 goals in like three months <laughs> and never did anything else ever uh, since then? FYR, he got an omelette. Did he? What was uh, in the omelette? I don't know. I didn't quite see, I didn't get that close, but I did yeah. say hello because um, he was sat on like, the table just over from me and my mum. 
And you've, I mean, just the list of celebrities you've you've met in Jamaica. I know mm. there's quite a few. Sean Paul, Sean, Sean Paul, <laughs> Leon Best, Leon Best. Who else? Um, Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan. Yeah, it, yeah, I was a kid then, so I don't really remember. I think I might have been about nine. Yeah. Um, but my dad was like, oh. Kevin Keegan's over there yeah. again at the breakfast buffet. Yeah, I mean, probably, probably splashed and burned himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no splashbacks in hotels. Yeah. <laughs> Those ovens are always. Any, any more? We should do this every time you're um, on. Another yeah. celebrity you met in Jamaica. P Diddy. P Diddy. P Diddy. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Well, you met him. Yeah, I met him. What did he say? I met P Diddy. Um, so he just said hello, and he gave me a t-shirt, a pink t-shirt. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like Gunasaurus in many ways, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, I was backstage at this concert and um, I'd been chatting to his dance, one of his dancers, uh, who's a, a boy. Yeah. And um, do you remember? Do you remember he had those dancers? They were like they were like younger kids in his videos. Do you mm. remember them? I I, I believe I, I was a kid at them. the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I was chatting to them backstage, and he came over and just said, "Do you want a t-shirt?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." How old were you? <laughs> I was about 14, 15, wow, something like amazing. that. Wow, amazing. Yeah, for another one of those yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah. I believe they were featured in the... Uh, Bad Boy down, for Life. Bad Boy for Life video. They oh, were, okay. Indeed. I remember you that song, yeah. yeah. Want to know the, what the chills met. Yeah. <laughs> hanging out with. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let us know if you've uh, spotted any uh, footballers or just random celebrities <laughs> somewhere uh, far from home. Right, let's talk about Southampton <laughs> beating Aston Villa 4-3. This was an absolutely nuts game. I mean, I did not see the Villa come back. I know they didn't no. quite get anything out of it, but... <laughs> no one saw the Villa come back to the 93rd minute. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this was absolutely crazy. Vestergaard's a big boy, isn't he? I love him. Oh, big old... What uh, a player. He's worth a follow on Instagram because um, apart from looking a little bit like... Um, Can I have a look at him? If Jimmy Bollard had sex with Edison Cavani and made a he's baby. He's got the most chiselled face. Oh, yeah. It's just him. He's very he's six foot six and there's just loads of pictures of him in hotels where the shower head uh, comes into his mouth. <laughs> it's just him looking sad and glum. That's amazing. There he is in, uh, I think, Armenia and that's the one from Japan. So, yeah, very enjoyable. Very that, enjoyable. I mean, if he's six foot six, that's, I mean, that happens to me and I'm only six to Two and mm. a half. So it's, he should. That's that's terrible. For I've him. never got had a, that problem. He's got. No. <laughs> can I can I also ask if um as to Aston Villa anyone representing Aston Villa that may or may not be listening to this show and hopefully they are. Um, are you, you going to give away any more fucking free kicks around the box? To <laughs> it, I, I was, it was it was the first time in ages I've been actually properly annoyed by mm. a team for giving away stupid free kicks. Around that. I mean, it was, it was endless. Mm. It felt to me, if I listen, if I cast my mind back to that game now, that Southampton had about 14 free kicks that Ward Prowse was able to take. It was so frustrating. That set the second one that he took, though. You're thinking it was almost identical to the first, just slightly further forward. Mm. And he, I, I just... I wonder what the players and the keeper are thinking in that situation. They're thinking, it surely is not going to go the same way again. Well, some people, some um, some goalkeeping coaches I've I've heard uh, mm. will talk about the idea of not having a wall mm. of bases, particularly. I mean, not necessarily for these type of free kicks because they're a bit closer in, but the ones that are a lot further out. Yeah, just get rid of the wall. You can One, see it a lot further. It out. only takes the goal, the, the ball to hit the net once, and it will never happen again. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, well, oh, well, for, for for not having a wall? Yeah, for not having a wall. Yeah, maybe like we should have had a wall. <laughs> It was. It was. It, I mean, we shouldn't take anything away from Ward Prowse. It was a brilliant performance, mm. and he is, you know, a fantastic player for, for them. Obviously, captain as well, leads by example. His dead ball take is amazing. I mean, even so before, even before, 
Vestergaard got his first goal, he had a goal disallowed before mm. that yeah, in almost exactly the same way. It was almost like Aston Villa knew what Ward Prowse was doing, but they just couldn't do anything about it. And I think I think the, the key thing is that you know you could. I don't think he's such a such a player that you need to double up on him or whatever like they sometimes do with Grealish on the other team, but. The point is, as soon as you get to a dead ball situation, there's nothing anyone can do. His, mm. his, his delivery is so good. Mm. I mean, and it has been for for a decent amount of time now. So, and Danny Ing scored a beauty in that game as well. In off the bar, uh, yeah, it's an absolute beautiful. Beauty. I'm, 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 I don't know if we've had any reports about Danny Ings' injury. Have yes. we seen? Ben yes, yes. it's not looking as bad as uh, they thought it was originally. I think they're saying that it's not a problem with the ligaments. Right. Uh, so hopefully, should be back sooner than expected, well, which, is, which is really good news. Benerek went went off with a head injury, didn't he? I Did he as well? Oh, okay, I was just concerned yeah. for Ings because of the problems he's been through with his knee yeah. before. Mm. He, he looked really worried, didn't yeah. he? But on the Vestergaard yeah. thing, it, 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 I think a lot of um, Southampton fans kind of wondered what what the fuss was about um, last season. And, and, and he's come coming into this season and he's looked absolutely incredible. And we've got to point out as well that this is a Southampton team without Hoiberg in it. Mm. And you look at how important Hoiberg has been to Tottenham. Southampton have been so impressive. Uh, they're in fourth in the Premier League table after that victory um, this weekend. And you know, I've said it last week on, on Football Ramble that I think they are dark horses for the competition this year and, and in a season where anything can happen look I'm not saying they're necessarily going to make top four but I really do think that in terms of pushing for a European place they are an outside shout mm. to get there and for Villa though um, what have you made of them the last couple of games because they won their first four matches of the season they've lost their last two and conceded seven goals in the process yeah and this is probably a bit of a natural writing of of the uh, of of the of the um, the uh, standard level because when when they started they they looked brilliant they had that crazy game against Liverpool where I know they dominated and you know they seem to have a lot of goals going from deflections and it seemed to be one of those kind of lightning strike games um, they followed that up with a win against Leicester at Leicester which is difficult to uh, to assess and then they get blown away by Leeds because Leeds are capable <laughs> of that. And then this game where, I mean, it, it's it's finished 4-3, but it wasn't really a 4-3 game. I mean, yeah. Villa's goals came in the 93rd and 97th minute, their, their second and third goals. So, look, I, I think um, we're seeing a natural writing of things. But again, it's very difficult to assess um, where teams are at because of, the, because of the environment we're all living through. I mean, Villa seem to be depending quite a lot on what is actually a, a, a kind of decent front four and you've got Grudish coming off the left who can create and who causes teams a lot of problems. Ollie Watkins is a very, very good striker. I mean, I, I wouldn't be fooled by the fact that he's come up from the championship. He's 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 had Premier League quality evident for, for a decent while. And Barkley, who's come in and done, done really well. And then defensively, they're kind of a bit hit and miss. You know, they, 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 sometimes they look great defensively, sometimes they don't look so good. So, um, and, and a key thing is that um, Matty Cash, who plays right back for Villa, as everyone it's been a really probably good knows, he's been think, great, yeah. but he wasn't that great against Southampton. No. He kind of got a little bit caught between betwixt and between. So it's very difficult to, to assess. What I do know is that um, Southampton, are, I think they're at home to Newcastle next week, so... <laughs> Another three points in the bag. Um, yeah, three points for your boys though, Pete. Beating Everton two-one, a really good result at St James's mm. Park. Everton do look a completely different side though, without the pace of Richarlison, without James Rodriguez and his creativity in the side. Well, Dinia's a miss as well. Dinia mm. a huge miss as well, but still a good win. Especially against like a quite a stodgy yeah. midfield that Newcastle have got at the moment. So it, I think um, 
if if clubs really want to sort of break them down, I think they invariably do. But I think yeah, it was a really good second half performance from, from Newcastle, and they've been pretty turgid for the last mm. few weeks, as discussed. But Carl ba- Carl Darlow uh, was the one was the only player who looked like he was going to score in the first half. <laughs> it was on a, he was slicing uh, passes <laughs> out, he was whacking it. But yeah, Brucey was loving life, wasn't he? Oh, I, I he should Brucey. do. But, it, but he's been you know he's been given a a a, a, um, a goal scorer in the side. What is he six and seven? Six and seven for Wilson. Yeah, and um, yeah, Lewis is decent as well. Um, uh, Hendrik Longstaff um, kind of held held the fort in the middle, and their their game plan is still give it give it to Alan, give it to Alan, um, and Alan doesn't look great. Alan say Maximan doesn't look great um, through the middle. He, he should really be playing on on the left or, or even the right, um, even. And uh, yeah, he looks a bit blunt in the centre, but yeah, it's it's it was a it was a good second half performance after a, a pretty pretty basic and, and dull but it's not anything to watch Newcastle are not anything to watch I actually watched it I, did, I quite enjoyed that game yeah, yeah. it was alright um, the magic combo of Wilson and Fraser back together again <laughs> yeah well that's combining nice combining yeah. for a goal we've seen yeah. that many a time at Bournemouth that was nice to see yeah. they love each other don't they <laughs> and, and I wonder I wonder with um, Everton if, if once you take away two or three of their best players it really affects them I know you can yeah. probably say that about any team but they didn't look the same team and they haven't looked the same team for the last couple of games now. So They're a key example, I think, Luke, of um, a really strong first eleven, but yeah. then not a lot of depth after that. And big and Pick has got the got the got the hook as well. I know, but yes. didn't he get guaranteed that he'll be playing in midweek? Well, Angelotti, Angelotti said that he rotate. He's yeah, he's rotated his goalkeepers a lot in the past, and he wanted to give Olsen a chance. And mm. Pickford will definitely play. But what in if Olsen game. had an amazing game? Well, exactly. I guess that's what he's hoping for. He had a, he had a good serve from uh, ASM. He didn't do too badly, did he? Too badly. Okay. Yeah. What's that with Torsen? When he when when he came from Shiktash, um, when he came to to England, I thought. That guy's got everything to to, to I completely agree. But he's just obviously he went on on, on loan to uh, Palace and he only played like four or five games. I, I just don't understand why it's not clicked for him at his age when he's you know should be coming into the best years of his career. I think it's a real shame. Mm. His, go, his goal scoring record is very very good, but it's only ever really been in Turkey. I think mm. even when he went to Palace, he didn't really play much, did he? Um, but I, I agree. He's got everything in his locker to 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 do it. I, I don't I don't think he improves this team. No, that's the problem. No. Um, should we finish on some light news, on some good news for Mick McCarthy? He's back in the game. He's back in management, joining Apoel Nicosia, uh, which means we will no longer hear the delights of his co-commentary on Sky, <laughs> which I'm gutted about. Patch him in. He, he might oh, do. You know yeah, what? Might oh, do. It's one of my favorite. When, whenever I hear, and on the commentary team today, Mick McCarthy, I'm like, yes, you're gonna get, <laughs> you, you know you're going to get some gold. Just, he just sounds yes, like... it's not Martin Keogh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just sounds like soil. <laughs> he just sounds like the, the, the human embodiment of soil. Isn't he, McCarthy? <laughs> He's definitely one of those people who who thinks the world in all cases should just bend to his will. <laughs> and I think you've got to respect it, you know. But he's, he's 62 now, Mick. He fancies a little trip to Cyprus. I love it. I bet love it's loveliest it. time of year. Mm. Um, good on him. Bit, bit of winter sun. Why not? Beautiful. Applewell's 13th manager in the last five years or so. They're currently yeah, 10th not so good. in uh, the early stages of the season. So can Michael McCarthy, as they <laughs> called they him, him they yeah. called him that in their, um, yeah. in their kind of release tweet about him joining the club, um, can he turn things around? Let's hope so. Best of luck to you, Mick. Mm. Um, right, tonight, a couple more Premier League games to look forward to. Fulham against West Brom. 
got nil nil written all over yeah. it. I mean, I, uh, for what it's worth, and with many apologies to anyone who might be offended by this, I will not be looking forward to that game. I will not be paying for that. Because uh, West Brom will win that game 1 0, and we'll have to say exactly the same thing about Fulham later in the week that we've said all season. Luckily, you are not doing the show tomorrow, Luke, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, Leeds versus Leicester is the eight o'clock kickoff as well. That should actually be a pretty decent game. So, Marcus, Jim, and Andy are going to be back tomorrow for another football ramble. Look after yourselves, everyone. Luke, say goodbye. Goodbye. Pete, say bye. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Oh. <laughs> 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 at the final hurdle. at the final hurdle. I can't even speak now. Let's go. Let's get This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.